Todd for breakfast. All right, on the line with us this morning, uh, very fortunate to have a very special guest with us, uh, award-winning music journalist, uh, Stuart Coop. Stuart, thank you for joining us. Uh, mate, uh, what have you been up to lately? Oh, just the usual stuff, Todd. You know, doing my own radio shows, um, doing lots of independent artist publicity and writing this this book, which is an attempt to encapsulate my life in music over the last... We don't want to think about how many years. <laughs> it's lots of years. I wasn't going to breach that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> shake some action. Uh, look, it's out now. People can go and pick it up. But I suppose um, we're trying to tantalise people. We really want people to go out and read this book. Uh, I've got mine on order. I'm just waiting for it to arrive in the mail. So why don't you drop some names, uh, places, uh, but we'll skip the years. Oh, look, we can go the years. But, um, you know, there's a terrific story that I love telling people about the night I spent in Mick Jagger's hotel room in Paris uh, in the mid-1980s. I'd been flown over to, to interview him and he'd come from London and he was put up in the most expensive suite in the most expensive hotel in Paris. And at the end of the day, uh, I had to find somewhere to stay because I was managing Paul Kelly in those days too. And I was, the next morning was going to fly to uh, to New York to meet up with Paul and his band in, in back in America. And, uh, and I said to the guy from the record company, where should I stay tonight? Can you recommend a cheap hotel? And he said, oh, well, Mick's left. So he said, why don't you stay here? <laughs> uh, and uh, so the fridge was full of Moe. And there was a telephone, so I spent the entire night pulling, drinking my way and pulling out my phone book and calling anyone I knew anywhere around the world going, guess where I am tonight? <laughs> guess, where, guess where I am? And, uh, and I remember that interview too because, you know, I'm not the tallest person on the planet, Todd. I'm a bit under six foot, but Mick Jagger at the end of the interview, we had to get a photo taken of the two of us together. And he wouldn't have it taken until the hotel found him a footstool so he could stand on it so that he didn't look so short compared to me. <laughs> wow. So wow. That, that was memorable. And look, you know, the, the first time, you know, it sounds a little bit blasé when I say the first time, but the first time I interviewed Bruce Springsteen um, was, uh, you know, again in Paris in 1981 when he was on the River Tour. And, and that really is where this book starts, Todd, because, you know, I'd grown up as a wide-eyed, music fan in Launceston in Tasmania and and one of the first people I really you know musicians I fell in love with was was Bruce Springsteen a school teacher brought me back his first album from uh, from England when he'd been over there on, on holidays and uh, and then you know this was the early 1970s and then 1981 you know I'm sitting backstage at three o'clock in the morning talking with Bruce Springsteen, believe it or not, about Friday on my mind by the Easy Beats, which was the very first song I'd ever bought as a record. And I went, wow, what a journey this has been, you know, from, from teenage kid in Launceston to being in Paris with one of your idols, you know, in the space of, of eight or nine years. And I went, boy, oh boy, this has been, this has been a little bit of a, you know, career trajectory. Um, so that was, you know, that, that always sticks in my mind. And I always thought Friday on my mind was, you know, a great, great song. I still love it. But I thought it was a fairly straight ahead pop song. And Springsteen said, you know, the, the chords in that song are so hard to play. He said, I've always wanted to play it on stage. But he said, I can't get the chords right. And strangely enough, about the last time Bruce Springsteen was in Australia with the E Street Band, they started their show in Sydney with Friday on My Mind. But clearly in 40 years, he'd, he'd learnt the chords and yeah. he got them right. So, uh, 
So, you know, they, they will be, well, it's the first time I, I keep saying the first time, um, but, you know, the first time I interviewed Bob Dylan was uh, was pretty intense because that was in, uh, in Auckland in 1986 when he was touring with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And, uh, and you know, matching wits with Bob Dylan at the best of times is hard work. Matching wits with Bob Dylan when he doesn't want to do an interview mm. uh, is tough work. So, you know, that, that one sticks in my mind because... You know, I, I, it wasn't the greatest interview I'd ever done, um, but it was Bob Dylan, and Bob Dylan is my ultimate hero. So, you know, it, it, it was memorable for that, not necessarily for the fact that, uh, you know, Bob and I didn't walk out of the encounter as best mates. It didn't end badly, but he just, he just wasn't in the mood um, for doing an interview, and he'd been told he had to do one. And I, I still roll my eyes at the thought that, Anyone would tell Bob Dylan yeah. to do anything. <laughs> that's crazy. We're chatting to uh, to Stuart Coop talking about a book that's out now, uh, Shake Some Action. It's, I guess, Stuart, it's just not an account of your, your personal history. This is really just a part of cultural history. Uh, you're going through all these moments, uh, these years, these these massive cultural movements uh, through the music scene. It's really a history book for, for music buffs out there. Look, I, I'd like to think so, Todd. You know, I, I've been lucky. You know, I've been writing about or talking about or managing artists and promoting tours for, you know, a scarily long time now. It's not quite 50 years, but let's say it's getting close. All right. All right. Um, and, and I've, you know, just to have been around the Australian music scene and, and all the different sort of pivotal things that have happened in music. I was a little bit too young for Beatlemania. You know, I was I was only eight when the Beatles came to Australia. They've, you know, given away my age. Uh, I was born in the same year as rock and roll, 1956. Um, but I, but post Beatlemania, you know, I, I've been very, very lucky to be, you know, a participant uh, and most importantly a music fan during during all of those those decades. And you know, to to get to you know manage the Hooter Gurus and as I did around the time of their Stone Age Romeo's album and, and to manage, you know, Paul Kelly when he made four of his pivotal 1980s albums and, and to, you know, to get to interview and spend time with all of these, you know, incredibly creative individuals. You know, yeah, I still, I still pinch myself. I look at this book, all 358 pages of it, and I go, wow, wow. I'm, you know, I, I am a bit gobsmacked going, you know, and I hope I hope it's not ending anytime soon, Todd. No, I'm sure not, and because I'm sure there's probably people out there who probably want another book after this one. I'm sure you probably still got a few stories in the bank. Oh, look, there's there's you know there's probably you know a few more, and hopefully there's a few more encounters. You know, the mm. the one thing that makes me happy is that I don't sense that I've ever lost that sense of excitement and fandom that I had as a kid in Tasmania, you know, hearing things like Fado on my mind for the first time. You know, I I get very, very tired of people my age who go, oh, mate, all the good music was made in the 60s or the 70s or the 80s. And I go, no, 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 you've just stopped listening. You know, there's great music being made now. There's as much great music being made in 2023 as there was in 1967. You know, and it's just a case of, you know, of listening and, and, uh, and keeping keeping your antenna up and uh, and keeping abreast of 
of what's around. You know, the Australian music scene is as exciting now as it's ever been. Yeah. You know, and, and you you'll you'll get me off on a huge tangent. If, uh, <laughs> you know, if anyone suggests that, uh, oh no, I know it was better in the eighties, mate. There was all these bands like oh, the eighties were great, but so is, so's now. Yeah, so um, keep your ears so, open. Yes, hopefully, lots more encounters and lots more records and lots more great shows and uh, and experiences. Brilliant. All right, folks. Yeah, you'll want to find out more. Shake some action. The book is out right now. Stuart Coop is the name. And uh, look, do yourself a favor. Give him a Google, and you'll find so much more. So many great stories and just a great history of, of Australian international music as covered by Stuart. So, Stuart, thank you so much for writing this book. I uh, really do appreciate. It. I'm looking. I'm very excited to read it. As a matter of fact, you know uh, what you spoken about today and little bits that, that I've read and the weeks leading up to our chat here but uh, look all the best mate looking forward to uh, what comes next and uh, yeah we'll chat again soon thanks so much Todd